eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball. A full season of Major League Baseball all the way through the LCS, and we are here for our final week of this year's 2021 Major League season. We are in October. It is World Series time. We know who's finally in the series, and it's a bit of a surprise. And you got me right here on Big Time Baseball and Odyssey Sports. I'm Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio. And, of course, with me, my man, the one and only. You see him on MLB Network. You see him everywhere if you watch baseball. The one and only John Heyman. John, how you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good, Cody. Uh, great to be with you, and I'm excited to talk World Series. And you're right, oh, man. not only a bit of a surprise, a major surprise to me, uh, you know, I, had, of course, took Dodgers Yankees at the beginning, then at the beginning of the playoffs, I had Dodgers Astros, so I got half of that part of it right anyway, but boy, the Braves have come out of nowhere, I'm, I'm amazed. I was worried in uh, in the month of September. I was telling everybody, I'm like, guys, you got to take a look at the Braves. They're not going to stop winning. They're going to keep going. In fact, an 85-team win is going to win the World Series. It's going to happen. And I was half joking at the time. But a part of me was just so fearful that I was right. And it turns out I was the Braves taking out the Dodgers on Sunday evening. I, I, tr- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Saturday evening, I should say. And Atlanta, what a series it was. I think everybody in the world expected to see Astros versus Dodgers when it got to the LCS time. Not many people, including myself, giving the Braves a whole lot of shots, but they've been swinging it great. They've been pitching it great. I mean, Max Fried was arguably one of the best pitchers in the second half of the season, uh, and he actually got it done with game one against the Dodgers. Game two, the Dodgers lit him up a little bit, but it was a fun series. Jocktober continues a little bit. Uh, you, you see some great stuff from Duvall robbing a home run. That was huge. I mean, the Braves just are playing some great baseball at the best possible time. And I tell people all the time, John, when it comes to October, it's not the best team that wins the World Series. It's the hottest team. And quite frankly, there's not many people hotter than the Atlanta Braves right now. Absolutely. And, you know, that 88 wins, that's that's a bit deceiving because, uh, let's face it, they didn't get over 500 till I believe it was like August 6th or 7th, somewhere in there. Really? From there, they were pretty hot. And, uh, you know, in, in at the end there – uh, the team, the three teams that were winning the most were the Giants, the Dodgers, and the Braves. And so, I mean, they were the third best team over the last couple months. And uh, you know, 88 wins in a weak division, 
doesn't look too good. You know, the AL East dominated the NL East. It was uh, 57 and 23 against the NL East, but I, it's not really fair on the on the Braves because uh, let's face it, they didn't have that whole outfield for the first half. And uh, give Alex Anthopoulos credit for going out and getting that three, but four outfielders. They lost to Cunha, who's one of the best players in the league, obviously. Ozuna, that was his own doing. Of course, the guy was expected to be their ace pitcher. Soroka also went down, never did pitch this year, and, uh, you know, never made excuses. They kept right on going. Uh, still have a, a great team in many respects. And, uh, you know, I think they're they're better than an eight-win team, and uh, they're going to give Houston uh, quite a run for it here, I think. I think you're right. I think they are going to give Houston quite a run for it. But just breaking down these two teams, I mean, we know what Houston is. Houston is just a power-packed lineup. Um, the arms really stepped up. The thing that really question, I had questions about with Houston was their bullpen and their arms, their starting arms. You know, losing out on Verlander this year. You know, Granke is a little bit up there in accelerated age. But you had other guys that really pulled their weight, uh, you know, as far as Lance and, and Garcia. I mean, there were guys that really did a hell of a job this season. But if you're breaking down these two teams facing each other in the World Series, let's just start with pitching. Who do you give the advantage to? Because I'm looking at this Braves starting rotation and even without their, you know, quote unquote ace, they have arguably one of the best three head rotations in the debate in the game right now in October. Yeah. And that's pretty good because there are only three head rotations. I mean, look at the Dodgers. We thought they had eight starters at one time. Now that they were down to three by the end as well. Really, nobody had four really good starters. So to have three really good ones, uh, that's that's great for the Braves. And it's certainly a very, very even matchup in the rotation, I think. One thing I like about Houston is if you just you talked about the hottest, I mean, Luis Garcia, I mean, he looked unhittable in that last game against Boston. I don't know where he got that from. The seven hardest pitches he threw all year, all over 97 miles an hour were in that game. Has an incredible breaking ball. I mean, at, the, at this moment, he probably is the hottest pitcher. It had been freed. He was roughed up in the penultimate game there with the Braves and the Dodgers. Uh, but Freed and uh, Morton, obviously, and Anderson is a very nice rotation, very solid. But uh, right now, I don't think anybody's pitching better than uh, Garcia. And, and look, Framber uh, Valdez had, uh, in some respects, the best outing in the postseason so far. I mean, I know Logan Webb was good with the Giants, but uh, Framber, when nobody was expecting it to go eight innings, uh, pretty darn good there. Um, you know, it's funny to look at Houston's team. Obviously, Cole is long gone. Verlander was out for the year. McCullers is not going to be able to go, and yet they still match up okay. You know, I think it's pretty close to a push there, and uh got to give them credit for being able to develop pitching. Not many teams are very good at developing pitching, but, you know, after Cleveland uh, and Tampa, Houston may be the next best at developing starting pitching. Yeah, and looking at this Houston team, and here's the thing you mentioned about them having fairly, you know, comparable starting rotations. I'm going to give the edge on my side a little bit more to the Braves, mm -hmm. but there is one massive equalizer uh, for the Houston Astros, and that's that offense. That offense is as good as any team I've ever seen in my lifetime. That's how good this offense is. One after the other, Murderer's Row, Dodgers have a very similar thing. The Braves even have a similar setup right now, and you mentioned Anthopolis, how he should be uh, how he should get a lot of credit. I think he should be uh, executive of the year without question. What he was able to do after losing Acuna Jr., restocking that outfield, Solaire, uh, putting out, uh, getting Jock, getting their hands on, um, you know, um, 
Adam Duvall, I think they made incredibly great moves that were inspired and they made the team even better. And like you mentioned, one of the better teams in the second half in the Atlanta Braves. But that offense in Houston is something that legitimately scares me. Watching them absolutely put the wood all over um, the Boston Red Sox towards the end there. This is a team that if they start going, they will not stop. And that's something that does concern me because – I'm kind of rooting for the Braves a little bit. There's something about this Braves team that I'm just really, really enjoying. Jock with the with the pearls and, you know, just everything about this has been a blast to watch. Not to mention getting more Jeff Francoeur on television is never a bad thing. Yep. Uh, you know, I understand that sentiment definitely on the awards. Uh, we, we generally hand out the awards based on the regular season. In that case, I think Farhan Zaidi will probably get it. But if you do the award right now as we talk about it to get those four outfielders. That's, that's really tough to overlook. And really they were all underperforming or just having okay seasons where they were. And, uh, you know, he took advantage of that. They never, he didn't give up any top 10 prospects. Alex Anthopoulos didn't got four guys who have pedigree experience and uh, really good postseason players. I mean, Rosario, that, he was well-known that he liked the spotlight and did well for the Twins in those circumstances. And Jock Peterson, as you mentioned, Jocktober, same thing with him. But to get four outfielders and Duval who can play center, uh, it was a big RBI guy this year, even for the Marlins. Uh, pretty darn good to get him back. So uh, great job by Anthopoulos. Uh, the Braves lineup, awfully good. I mean, at this point, I, you'd have to give the lineup edge to Houston over anybody. You know, you've got the batting champion batting seventh. You've got uh, Mike. You've got uh, Tucker, Kyle Tucker, batting sixth. He was third in weighted runs created plus in the second half to Soto and Harper. It's pretty good. That's their seven and six hitter, and five is the my time guy, uh, Carlos Correa. So, I mean, their five, six, seven is probably better than most teams two, three, and four. Um, you know, it's an all-time great lineup. They can afford to just go with the defense with Maldonado there at the toward the bottom of that lineup. Uh, did get a couple of hits, I think, in the uh, eventually, or at least one hit in the uh, LCS. But he's in there just for his defense. But they can afford that uh, with that lineup that they do have. So, I mean, Houston's got the edge in the lineup over everybody. But boy, Rosario so hot. Freeman, we know what he can do. Um, and I, I, the fact that Snicker batted those two guys, they're two biggest threats right now. One, two. Uh, that worked out nicely. So I got to give Snicker credit for that as well. And Atlanta's fun. There's no question about it. But as far as the lineup edge, hard to overlook Houston. It's impossible to overlook Houston. That lineup is frightening. And you mentioned Snicker, and he's done one hell of a job over in Atlanta since his tenure started. Um, but over there in Houston, here's the thing. I, I think it's safe to say the majority of the United States, possibly the world, with the exception of Houston itself, is probably rooting against the Houston Astros. I think there's still a lot of people who are not quite over 2017, 18, 19, and before all of that. <laughs> but I will say, man, Dusty Baker has never won a World Series as a manager. He is a certifier, certifiable Hall of Famer, arguably one of the greatest managers of all time. Uh, uh, you know, Looking through his resume, the Nationals took him to the playoffs. Reds took him to the playoffs. Cubs nearly took him to the World Series. Giants took them to the World Series. And now taking the Astros to the World Series again. I mean, Dusty Baker, as much as I don't like the Astros, and I'm willing to put that out there. I've been, I've been, I've been <laughs> honest about that in the past. I don't like the Astros. But I love Dusty Baker so much to the point where if they did win the World Series, 
I'll let it go and focus entirely on Dusty getting his ring because Dusty should have two handfuls of rings. Yeah, you know, I think that's why Jim Crane, the owner, brought in Dusty. He knew that everybody loved him. And at that time, that was the perfect hire. Everybody hated the Astros. And, you know, uh, he certainly uh, lessens that a bit, uh, deadens it a bit, because uh, everybody loves Dusty. Just uh, just a likable guy. Uh, You know, it's weird that he's unsigned. I'm really not 100% sure what that's about. Uh, look, I mean, he was let go in Washington with 90 plus wins, same in Cincinnati, small market team, 90 plus wins. They let him go and San Francisco, he ended up switching to the Cubs after 2002 world series. And, you know, they weren't really gung ho about bringing him back either. It's very, very weird. I mean, Houston, uh, I can't understand why they haven't extended him to this point, uh, they better do it. I mean, he's uh, the, the only reason that people actually, some people actually like the Astros is Dusty. He's done a great job. Um, you know, it's nice that the, you know, uh, I don't mind saying this, the two more traditional managers are are in the World Series. Obviously, Cora is a fantastic manager. I love Roberts as well. But these teams um, are a little more traditional in how they've managed things. Um, you know, they haven't done as much of the, starters in relief the relievers starting as the other teams did and you know maybe uh, you know the the relievers starting seems to have caught on Uh, tampa started that and that works enough that teams are going to keep doing that especially now that there's so much attrition and there's so few teams that have a fourth starter but the start the star starters in relief i hope we can put an end to this at some point is that was an utter failure uh this october for uh, in several cases, I, I understand Scherzer pitched that key inning that helped uh, the Dodgers move on, but then he was spent uh, the dead arm. Arias, it didn't work on either end. He, he he gave up a couple runs when he came in in relief, and then he didn't have it as a starter after that. You know, you really got to take care of these pitchers, especially this year after last year was truncated uh, season with sixty games. People didn't log the innings, and uh, I think it's really come back to haunt a lot of these teams because by the end uh, very few of these teams had more more than three starters and you know if the Dodgers had moved on and I said this on MLB Network I I thought that was better for Houston if they they were facing the Dodgers because they have such attrition and you've got Scherzer battling the dead arm Bueller wasn't good by the end he didn't say any pinpoint any reason but he wasn't good Arias who had an 82 win, 82 innings was as high before this year. Had over 200 innings already this year. So, uh, you know, they were in trouble. They weren't. I don't think they were going to make it through a World Series. And it's probably better off for everybody that Atlanta's still there uh, with pitchers that that look reasonably uh, some semblance of themselves. So, I think we should have a great World Series. I think it's a close matchup, but uh, like most people, I, I think Houston's probably the favorite. Yeah, I agree with you, although I am pulling for Atlanta quite a bit. I can't stress <laughs> that, that enough. That clear. Yeah. I want to make that have I made it abundantly clear that I want Atlanta yes. to win the World Series? Okay, good. Just making sure because I love me some Dusty Baker, but I love me some Jock Jock Peterson and Max Fried a little more, just because of my personal relationships with those two guys. Um, you mentioned old school managers right now, and you know, today an announcement was made, new manager in the major leagues, uh St. Louis Cardinals naming their fifty first manager, Ali Marmol. You you talk about kind of the old school aspects of the two managers in the World Series right now. And here is the Cardinals going with a 35-year-old young man who is 
even talking about in his first press conference about collaborative efforts with the front office and R&D department. So it seems as though the Cardinals are going to be going but several steps further away from old school and more into the metrics and analytics kind of departments, which everyone really is already. But, you know, it's one of those things that's kind of getting away from the old guard. Is this something you're excited about or are you something more of a sit and wait type thing, John? Well, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I understand most teams are going in that direction. It's pretty clear that was the direction they're going with them. Um, you know, they, they're not a team that reveals much. So we don't know everything that was behind uh, the Schilt surprise firing but the fact uh, that they wanted to go more toward analytics and he really was I think pushing back on that a bit was part of it the other part was I think about the coaching staff they won't admit that but I probably now looking at it from a distance still I I think they probably like Marmol better uh, probably better than he did and probably better than him and uh, you know Marmel is going to uh, you know be an arm of the front office Uh, that's pretty clear not that there's anything wrong with it. I mean, obviously, Dave Roberts has said that uh, it's all collaborative and the front office has a big input, and uh, that's a very successful team that was a world champion last year and 106 wins this year. So can't say it doesn't work. Can't say it's dumb. It may be the way uh, to go, uh, and that certainly is the way that the Cardinals are going now. They don't have to reveal that. We know that. Marmol, 35 years old, very well-liked fellow, but the youngest manager in the majors, uh, and, uh, you know, they obviously have a good team, so there's pressure on him right away. Marmol, by the way, my age, in fact, only about six months older than me, uh, pretty pretty impressive that young age being a major league manager. Uh, it, it seemed very clear that he was the tagged player, or I'm sorry, the tagged person for this job all along, and it yes. seemed as though they were ready to get rid of uh, Schilt, not so much because they were done with Schilt, but they just knew they had uh, Marmol, we're ready to go. I think that's kind of what helped their decision and hastened their decision. One last question for you, John, regarding the World Series. I know you're leaning towards the Astros. How many games? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Astros in six. You know, I had them making the World Series and then uh, losing to the Dodgers. So, uh, you know, if I had them making the World Series, and no reason to jump off now, although the fact they don't have McCullers is certainly a negative. And I don't blame you for saying the starting pitching is better with Atlanta. Uh, I would say that's a push, but I could see that for Atlanta. Certainly got the experience factor there, but uh, I'm going to go six games. That Houston lineup just uh, doesn't quit, and, uh, you know, everybody loves Dusty, and I really do have a soft spot for him, and uh, particularly since he's unsigned once again, and, uh, you know, it would be terrible for baseball if he doesn't have a job next year. It is mind-blowing that he is currently unsigned. The great, Arguably one of the greatest managers of all time and arguably one of the greatest managers right now in yet another World Series uh, unsigned for next year. You know, John, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Six games for the Astros, although I do fully agree with myself that the Atlanta Braves do have the advantage on the starting pitching side, especially losing Lance McCullers Jr. over there in Houston. But like you said, that offense is just so, so good. So I think I'm going to agree with you. Six games for Houston. However, it's not what I want. What I want is seven games for Atlanta. I'm not going to get that. I'm pretty sure I'm getting the six games for Houston. And I'm excited for it. It's going to be a good series. It's not quite the uh, not quite the Dodgers Astros two that I think everyone wanted, including Fox. Um, but I think it's going to be a great series with a lot of great ball players out there. I'm really excited to see it. And plus, I get a chance to root against the Astros. Who does not love rooting against the Astros, John? 
I understand. I understand. You're a very smart guy for such a young man. I didn't learn today. You're 35. You know, at my age, we just assume everybody's about 50. I don't even think about it, but 35. <laughs> wow. I got I 34. Ties actually. I have. Well, that's wow. I, I have ties older than you. So good job on, uh, on you for that. And uh, thank you. I, I think your prediction is right on. And uh, I don't blame you for rooting for the Braves. They're a fun team. And, you know, I think this, uh, this could go either way. Yeah, and again, it is October. It can go either way. Let's be real clear. Everyone thought the Dodgers were going to win 125 games this year and sweep through the playoffs. Obviously, injuries happen. Things change as things go forward, and what a hell of a playoffs it has been. In fact, John, I, there was one point, I think I texted you during the playoffs, there was a game that I was watching that I was just so overjoyed that I texted you saying, John, this October has been off the charts. And yeah, you just yeah. immediately texted me back saying, yeah. Insane. Yeah, uh, you're right. You and you're right to mention injuries, but it's no excuse because I mean, who, who's had bigger injuries than the Braves? You know, with a no one, Acuna, no one. Zuna and Soroka, and then during the season they lost several others. I almost think their pitching arms were a little fresher because Freed missed a little time and Anderson missed some time. I don't know. Maybe that helped them. I'm not sure, but I do know that the all the acquisitions they made, they were huge. And again, great job by the front office. And uh, amazing that they're here because, uh, you know, while I thought they'd win that first round, I certainly did not expect them in the World Series. Yeah, well, John, let's move on from the World Series because right after the World Series ends, it's the same time of year. It is hot stove time about to start. And John, this is really where you flex your muscles big time for the next few months because it is time for Heyman's inside corner. Let's talk about some free agent landing spots because this year, man, has the market been uh, flooded with some serious top tier talent. Let's uh let's start right out the gate with the team that really took a lot of headlines this season for the wrong reasons, I might say. The Chicago Cubs, they obviously did their massive fire sale. It was actually one I would say one of the first real fire sales I've actually seen. I was a part of the San Diego Padres for 7 years and it was during a time when the team was always, you know, in the cellar in the league and we always heard about the the fire sale that the Padres were going to do every trade deadline and it never came. Not one yeah. time, in fact, except yeah. this year, the Cubs truly did do a fire sale. They let go of everybody, Schwarber, Rizzo, Brian, Baez. I, I thought it was the right move to do for the organization going forward personally. But, you know, as a lot of Cubs fans will tell you, it hurt to see them all go. And I understand that. But looking at these guys, those names I just said, Baez, obviously going to get a huge deal. Brian, obviously going to get a huge deal. Rizzo, he's got a shot to make some money. And Schwarber, with what he's done this year, has really put himself in one hell of a position as a free agent. Where do you think is going to be logical landing spots for these former ex, uh, these former Cubs? Very good. I appreciate uh, the introduction there, uh, Cody. And uh, nobody's ever talked about my muscles before, but thank you for saying that I'm flexing my muscles. I didn't know, even though I had any. Um, Those obliques, John, they stand out, man. Uh, all right. <laughs> You're a funny guy. Uh, you know, first of all, I would say don't try this at home. I'm going to try to predict the, the team for each of these big free agents that we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about these ex-Cubs first and going to give it a shot. We'll see how this goes. But uh, again, no guarantees. Please don't bet. Don't go to MGM or uh, Bally's or whatever and, and place any bets on these because, uh, again, they're just guesses. They may be educated, but they're all just guesses. We don't know how the free agency is going to go, particularly this year when you've got the potential of a work stoppage looming. But let me start with Baez, who did a very good job with the Mets. 
other than the thumbs down. So thumbs down on that, but that was very brief. And he took the brunt of it. And I give him credit for taking the brunt of it because there were many teammates involved and he got it all. But uh, he played well with the Mets, um, restored his uh, viability as a free agent. And, you know, I think the Cubs are going to get him back. That'd be my guess. Uh, they were close uh, when the pandemic came. I think they like both sides like each other. Uh, they need help. They need more pitching help than hitting help, but uh, that would be my guess on Baez would be the be the Cubs. I uh, wouldn't rule out the Mets either. Uh, Bryant, I'm going to say Bryant takes Baez's place and goes to the Mets. Uh, that wow. was the more logical pickup for them than Baez at the time, and they still could use help at third base, and he's very versatile and can do many, many, many things. Obviously, the Giants uh, like him and perhaps a return, but I'm, I'm going to go Mets there. Rizzo, I'm going to go with the team that people predicted in the first place would get him, and he went to their rival, the Yankees. I'm going to say, I'm going to guess the Red Sox uh, for Rizzo. We'll, we shall see. I don't know. It depends on what they think of Dahlbeck. And uh, so, to some degree, maybe whether J.D. Martinez opts out with $19.375 million to go. I suspect he probably won't, but we may have the universal DH. And where there are a lot of variables that can throw things up uh, up in the air here. And then you mentioned Schwarber, obviously ex-Cub. He, he did come uh, to the Red Sox via the Nats. Can't forget that, but he is an ex-Cub, so let's put him in this category. And I'm going to concentrate on the fact he was with the Nats more than the Cubs and say that Kevin Long helped him improve his swing, and he really took off as a member of the Nats, and he continued that with the Red Sox. But I'm going to say Kevin Long now, the hitting coach with the Phillies, I'm going to say Schwarber winds up with the Phillies. And again, we're looking at the potential of a universal DH, so could be room for Hoskins and Schwarber in Philly. I love it. I absolutely – and you mentioned Kevin Long. I've hit with Kevin Long before too, and I will tell you, hitting with Kevin Long is a borderline religious experience. He is an incredible, <laughs> incredible hitting coach, knows how to communicate. Uh, and there's one thing that Kevin Long has kind of never gotten, and that's an opportunity to be a manager in the big league level. Is there a reason? Because his name has been thrown around for a couple of spots, but he's never seemed to have gotten that job. Is there something that's holding off Kevin Long, or is it just wrong place, wrong time? Yeah, I mean, the answer to that is there's only 30 spots, and um, we've certainly gone the way of younger. And if you're good for the older guys, they they, they, they usually take guys who are already legendary managers like Dusty and Tony La Russa, guys like that. But generally, teams are looking younger and Guys willing to, uh, you know, be collaborative, shall we say, or do what they say, as they can also put that. So, and he's such a great hitting coach that uh, you know he'll always have a place in the game. But I, I think it's it's difficult for a guy who's been a hitting coach uh, then to break in and become a manager. I can't think of too many examples of that. And you know, once guys get pigeonholed, that's kind of what they are. Mm -hmm. Fair or I can not? Definitely see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that, but I got to say, Kevin Long, one of the true hitting guys in baseball that can truly get just about anybody to hit. Um, looking throughout the league, you know, we we already talked about the Cubs, ex-Cub players. Here's the real market in my eyes, because mm -hmm. this is where the market's incredible, and that is the middle infield shortstop market, because listen to these names. Trevor Story, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, Correa, those names are game changers. Each one of those players going to any team immensely makes that team better. And in my eyes, the the true star of the group, and that's all that's a group of all stars, to me, it's it's Carlos Correa. 
I've only played, I played against each one of these guys. And I got to say, the only guy I ever played on the field with, other than Mike Trout, where I said, that guy is playing a different sport than me, is Carlos mm-hmm. Correa. Just mm-hmm. off the charts. But each one of these guys, massive mm-hmm. impact players. We've seen what Corey Seager can do with the Los Angeles Dodgers, especially in October. Simeon uh, really made a case for MVP this year. Uh, definitely going to fall short, but what a hell of a year. He's going to make a massive impact somewhere. Where do you see these four shortstops, middle infielders, landing? Yeah, that's interesting you said that about Correa. I think it's kind of split uh, on who will get the biggest contract between Correa and Seager. I did a poll, and Correa did win natural uh, slightly over Seager, but it was fairly close. Um, you know, both have been great in the postseason. Uh, Correa a little uh, points to a little bit more with the, <laughs> the the my time, and I don't oh, blame him. So that's amazing. fun. Yeah, that's great stuff, and he liked the fact that Eduardo Rodriguez, another good free agent, came back at him. Uh, kind of, I don't know, people could say mocking, but he, I would say that he, you know, he was flattering him by pointing to his wrist after he did well. Um, I didn't mind that either, but Correa is certainly helping his case, and perhaps he will beat Seager. I've kind of thought Seager uh, would probably get the most just because he's a great hitter who hits the best pitching, although he did not have a great LCS. Uh, I'm going to start here with the story who did not have his usual year couple of throwing questions, but uh, been a terrific player and a great uh, two-way player, speed, power. I think he's going to go home to the Rangers. Uh, he's from Arlington, Texas, so um, they've said they're going to spend, and I think that's where the, one of the things they're going to spend on is a shortstop. So I'm going to say story for the Rangers. Simeon, you know what? I, not a lot of people know this, but the Twins played big for him before the Jays got him, tried to get him on a two-year deal. I'm going to go a little bit on a long shot here and say the Twins may do it. They need a shortstop. Obviously, Simmons also a free agent. Uh, still, it's going to be tough for them to outbid the Jays. So, I mean, if you're really if you're really predicting it, you probably say Jays have the best chance. But I kind of like the Twins there. Correa, I've said the Tigers, the A.J. Hinch uh, link is there. But, you know, this is a guy, obviously, he likes the spotlight. Maybe he does, Detroit's not bright enough for him. And, Maybe he'll stay in Houston. I'm not ruling that out. Now, even if they offered him only 120, 125 million, they're going to have to more than double that to keep him. But um, obviously, his popularity has risen quite a bit. And Seeger, you know, he's the one lefty in the bunch here. We we covered Baez earlier. He's another shortstop, and I'm going back to the Cubs. But Seeger, the last one left. I'm going to say because he's the lefty in the bunch. The Yankees uh, need to balance it, and uh, getting your catcher, they're not going to balance it that way. This is the way to balance it at shortstop, and uh, that would be Seager with the Yankee. And they've reset. You know, they had a payroll under the $210 million threshold, so they certainly can't afford to do it. The one caveat there is that they have their two best prospects are both shortstops a couple of years away, Peraza and Volpe, but Seager's the guy who could switch over from short to third in two or three years. Yeah, and I, I absolutely look love that pick right there. Look, just looking at Corey Seager, he's got the the profile, the face, everything about him screams New York Yankee, and I really love that pick. I also love the idea of Correa in Detroit. That's a team that made uh, massive leaps forward, finishing third in the AL Central. Yeah, it was a down year for the AL Central, but we can't sit here and pretend that a team that won uh, a winning percentage of 200, uh, 290 moving up to almost 500 in one season, first year of A.J hinge is nothing to scoff at so I really like that idea I think that's going to be a team that goes out and spends I think there's a lot of great landing spots for a lot of these players and let's let's look over at another grouping of players because 
let's let's not let's not mince words here. These guys really helped themselves this year. And I'm talking about Nick Cassianos and arguably the front runner for the AL Cy Young, Robbie Ray. Where do you think these two are going to end up? Yeah, Robbie Ray, I, again, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes back to Toronto. He certainly had uh, great success there, certainly with a pitching coach, Walker, and uh, I could see that. But I, I'm going to go Yankees again. That's, that's two Yankees. Uh, when they spend, they really spend. Let's not forget 2009 when they brought in uh, Sabathia, Teixeira, Burnett, and then 2013 when they brought in a bunch of guys, including Ellsbury. They probably want to forget that one, but they brought in, was it <laughs> I can't remember the year. But anyway, uh, brought in Ellsbury and several others that one year. And, uh, you know, I think they may get multiple guys. Um, Castellanos, I'm going to go with the Brewers. Avisel Garcia is also a free agent once he opts out. Castellanos will opt out, $34 million, two years to go. I saw someone mention the Rockies. You know, I mean, they want a power hitter. He'd probably like hitting there. You know, uh, he didn't love Detroit, but he's certainly taken to Cincinnati and uh, Wrigley Field. But I- I'm going to stick with Milwaukee for Castellanos. Mm-hmm. I like it. And let's let's go for one last little grouping of players. And I'm going to call it our Hall of Fame category because all these players, I will admit, a little bit up there in advanced age, uh, but all still pulling their weight in what they do, um, some of which are still the best in the game at what they do. Uh, and the names that I'm going to throw out there are someone like a Justin Verlander, a Max Scherzer, Clayton Kershaw, Albert Pujols, Freddie Freeman, and Nelson Cruz. These are all mainstays of the Major League All-Star game for the past 10 years. Uh, Some of them might be kind of getting ready to take their final bow, but someone like Freddie Freeman, I think we can all assume, is just going to end up being a brave for life. But the name that really sticks out to me is Scherzer and Kershaw. Kershaw been a lifelong Dodger, but... You know, a lot of people have been throwing uh, mock-ups of a Texas Ranger logo on his hat lately, not to mention Scherzer can pretty much go wherever the hell he wants. What do you think these guys are going to end up choosing to do? Well, Scherzer, we have a hint, because when the trade deadline came, he was pretty clear that he wanted to go to California, and it did seem like he favored Southern California, at least to me. I could be wrong. And obviously, he did very well with the Dodgers, ran out of gas a little bit at the end, but no arm injury, so... Uh, I think the Dodgers, they love the guys on short term, the big stars. Obviously, uh, Bauer did not work out. Maybe they'll recoup some money. They probably will recoup some money when he's suspended, presumably. And uh, I think that money probably goes to Scherzer. So I'm going to say Dodgers for Scherzer, although I think the Angels will be in there pitching, no pun intended. And Kershaw, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether he gets the uh, qualifying offer after uh, a year in which he was injured at the end of the year. Um, I suspect they probably give it to him, but uh, not sure. It depends. You know, you have to look at his injury um, the paperwork on that. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming he's going to go back to L.A. I don't want to assume anything there, though. So I, I could see Texas as the fallback. That is his hometown, Dallas. And uh, that would be interesting to see him leave. But uh, normally an all-time great like that likes to finish where he started. But uh, I'm not guaranteeing that one. Verlander, I think, will end up in Southern California as well. I'm going to go Angels. They obviously need the pitching. Uh, you know, if they had some pitching, they might have won a little more, uh, won some more playoff games in Mike Trout's tenure. But they haven't had that pitching, and I'm going to say that they go out and spend on the pitching now. And I'll go with Verlander to the Angels. Uh, Pujols, maybe this is nostalgic. I've got him going back to the Cardinals. I think he did enough in the postseason and for the Dodgers that. 
probably can get a job, particularly if we have the universal DH and like to see him back with the Cardinals, again, with that DH possibility there in, in St. Louis. And uh, Cruz, I don't, this isn't quite as nostalgic, but he loved Minnesota. Uh, I don't know many people who like Minnesota more. I don't know, maybe Bud Grant. I don't know, maybe Mary Tyler Moore. I'm not sure, but he loved it there. And I'm going to guess a reunion for Nelson Cruz. He's still got another year or two or more in him. And uh, uh, the last one is, you've already mentioned, where he's probably going to go, and that's Freddie Freeman. I want to get one right, so I'm going to say Atlanta as well. I mean, can we really see Freddie Freeman leaving the Braves? I mean, that would be shocking. I, I think at this point they're they're willing to give him the Goldschmidt contract and maybe a little bit more, but uh, at this stage with an MVP in his pocket, and we'll see what he does here in the World Series, but certainly uh, the leader of this team that's gotten to the World Series, uh, he's going to beat that five-year $130 million Goldschmidt contract even if he takes a hometown discount in Atlanta, which is what I think will happen, what you think will happen, and what everyone thinks will happen. I can't imagine a world where it doesn't. Ha- I'll be blown away if we ever see Freddie Freeman wearing a different uniform. I really will. And yeah, maybe you're right about Nelson Cruz. He did love his time in Minnesota. And I am resisting the urge so much to singing the Mary Tyler Moore theme song right now. <laughs> and I will continue to resist that urge. But I do, I do have this wonderful comical image in my head of Nelson Cruz going back to Minnesota, taking off his beanie and throwing it up in the air like Mary Tyler Moore. He loves it um, there. Yeah, well, I mean, how can you not? I mean, he had an incredible couple of years there. He helped that team um, absolutely break through this last season. Of course, Minnesota, a massive disappointment. But for the most part, just uh, an incredible run over there in Minnesota these last couple of years. Of course, not able to get past certain teams in October. But this is a team that can absolutely go right back and win this season, uh, provided everybody gets healthy and they make a couple of good moves. And, John, I love everything you said right there on Heyman's Inside Corner. And, John, where can people find you if they want to get some more John Heyman? Well, at MLB Network. That's where I work. And, of course, always on all of the Odyssey uh, stations across the country. Every one of them, we in Milwaukee, San Diego, Baltimore, Chicago, and many others. Those are the ones I have regular spots on. So uh, it's great to be with Odyssey and MLB Network. And I appreciate your uh, giving me that plug there, Cody. It's very of good. Course. Very, you're, very well, come mature. On. you're a very mature 34. Oh, thank you so much. My wife entirely disagrees with you, but I will tell you, um, yeah, make sure you follow John on all social medias, check out everything that's going on, stay up to date with the hot stove. And of course, everything with major league baseball in this, uh, upcoming world series, check them out on MLB network. You guys can find me on Twitter at Decker six and anti-hero baseball on Instagram. Please check out my nonprofit 501 C three border youth athletic association. If you get a chance not to mention on top of that, you can check me out on bet MGM. MLB podcast powered by BetQL that I do with Ryan Horvat right here on Odyssey Sports. And guys, that is it for us this week on Big Time Baseball. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Cody Decker. He's John Heyman. We will be back next week. Enjoy you some World Series baseball, people. Be safe out there. Beat it. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.